The stock market was a roaring performance last year when we saw the S&P 500 up 24%, leaving many on Wall Street scratching their heads, wondering what happened and why didn't they predict it. Where our guest today not only forecasted it, he accurately predicted it, and he is joining us today because he has all kinds of surprises to tell us for 2024. Welcome everyone to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith. On a sunny and very chilly Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes, it's cold out here, damn it. I can't believe it. <laughs> well, you, well, you do look tan, though. I will say that. Thank you. So and with us today, we have Dr. Ed Yardeni from Yardeni Research is coming back to buy, hold, sell. Welcome to the program, Dr. Ed. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Well, I got to say, once I told Toby that you were coming onto the show, he was he was foaming at the mouth. He was sending me all kinds of messages. Okay, foaming at the mouth is not the right description. Okay, he, he was that he was that mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was that excited, I should say, because he okay. just so wanted. To, he had a million Thank questions you. for you, and I was getting inundated with it. And I just said, Toby, you lead off with the Q and A today. So I'm going to turn it over to Tobin out at well, you, me, Doctor Ed. You, you get the victory lap, but the thing that always most impressed me is that uh, you know on other uh financial media shall we say they'd have a clip of like mike wilson talking about you know the 3800 and then the 3600 and then they'd have you on about you know two segments later and you and you'd be the nicest guy in the world because that's your nature whereas i would have said well holy crap number one has he been right in the last what 12 months 24 months no why would you believe him now? What did you get that Mike, Mr. 3,800, then 3,600 did not get? Well, I, I think, first of all, it's sort of a different uh, investment philosophy. I'm, I'm actually surprised the extent to which Wall Street encourages people to get in and out. Well, you know, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise. They, they make commissions on that. Yeah. But, but the problem with the guys who get it right and tell you to get out is they always forget to tell you to get back in. Right. Uh, and, and I have to admit, I've, I've got a really, really good track record of calling bottoms. I'm still working on the tops, but I've, I've called a few tops along the way. But look, I think what uh, most economists uh, missed is that uh, the economy is uh, resilient. Uh, and, and yet, uh, at the same time, we did see that the economy handled some uh, what I call rolling recessions that yeah. uh, started early last year uh, when the interest rates, uh, well, Years change. We're at the beginning of the year. So it's really started in 2022 when the Fed started raising interest rates uh -huh. aggressively. Uh, that's when uh, all the pessimists really came out and said, well, this has got to cause a recession. And I, I've been around for a while. And I remembered back in the mid 80s, we had a uh, rolling recession in Texas when oil prices took a dive. Yeah. And I also pointed out that, uh, you know, the, 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 the naysayers Look, some really smart, uh, well-plugged-in people like Jamie Dimon uh, during May of 2020 was saying the consumer looks good now, but when they run out of their excess savings, we're going to have a consumer-led recession. And I was looking at uh, my personal experiences. I'm a baby boomer, so maybe I have an advantage in the sense that I, I know what about 75 million of us are doing. And uh, what I noticed is a lot of my friends are retiring. They only had a couple of kids. I had five kids, so I have to keep working for a living. I still have to work. <laughs> but uh, the, the ones that had two kids, their their kids are young adults now. They don't need to be financially taken care of. And all of a sudden, my friends are wondering, well, now that we're retiring, why did we save all that money? Oh, yeah, 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 to go out to restaurants and to travel and to, you know, make sure we're okay to go to the health health providers, healthcare providers. 
And so the economy has had a lot of employment strength in those areas. And I think they've missed the demographics. I think they, uh, they, they missed the fact that there was a pandemic and the pandemic had some consequences of causing an inflation spike, which was a spike. I, I, I believe that it was transitory, and so so it uh, has come to pass so far. Yeah. Well, I, I I've been been working on this basically for the last couple of years, which drives me completely nuts. How do we compare historical numbers with a pandemic and then a yeah. you know essentially World War Three invasion, etc., yeah. and expect the same outcome? I mean, yeah. It, what, what is it? The Einstein thing? When the numbers change, I you know I change my mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's it. I, 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 and uh, and those who got it right uh, were very much focused on the and the data and the data. Data just continued to confirm that uh, the uh, most widely anticipated recession of all times turned out to be the Godot recession. So far, it just hasn't shown up. <laughs> the and, Godot uh, recession. Thank, thank you for that literary uh, al al elocution there. Now, now, speaking of history, I think if you have a historical uh, bent of mind, uh, then uh, the, the the events that you just mentioned are very reminiscent of what happened, uh, you know, in the early 1920s. Right. And uh, this uh, this decade kind of rhymes with that. You know, I I think we're in the roaring 2020s. It didn't feel like that the past couple of years. Uh, but I think by the end of the decade, we're going to look back and conclude that uh, technology solved a very big problem for us. We have a shortage of labor, particularly skilled labor. And productivity, I think, has already started uh, to make a comeback in terms of productivity growth. And if I'm right about that, then uh, it's going to turn out to feel like a pretty good decade. And I think the stock market started to discount that possibility uh, in uh, uh, really in, in October, in no October, November of uh, last year when the bear market ended. People started getting excited about artificial intelligence, but there's lots of other technologies that I think are coming to to bear on uh, leading to a, a better sure. productivity growth. And productivity is a magic, uh, you know, elixir. It uh, it, it provides uh, downward pressure on inflation. Wages go up relative to prices. The profits are strong. So look, uh, pessimism uh, gets uh, gets followed. It, uh, it 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 sounds like they know what they're talking about, uh, but. Um, the reality is, um, you know, the, the world just doesn't end the way they think that they, the pessimists yeah, will. I, I mean, just to, just to follow up on, on another point of that, of sort of the historical context, I mean, another one that drives me nuts is to, to compare the 1983 economy to the 2023 economy. I was there. Right. I was, yeah, there, I was there too. Yeah. I was there too. We had an 18% yeah. yield on the 10-year. On, on yeah. We had a 41% manufacturing economy. Yeah. Um, you know, we had gas prices that, from two, you know, uh, oils, yeah. you know, strikes. Yeah. So it, 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 I just, I mean, it almost comes down to the same thing, Dr. Ed, about, you know, we have 76 million people in the United States who are getting some form of a pension every month. Yeah. Right. We have 40% of the, of the homeowners don't owe a dime on their Yeah, that's a, point I, that's a point I've been making, yep. And don't forget and, uh, interest income is at an all-time record high for individuals. So while the pessimists are saying, my God, look at how that government uh, interest is going up. And they're right. It's 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 a terrible development. But the flip side of that is yeah. somebody is getting that interest. And uh, these large federal deficits have actually been one of the reasons the economy hasn't fallen in, into recession, because there's all been uh, been all this uh, stimulus. But let me let me make one other point. Sure. And that is what the pushback I get is typically uh, the pushback is on the uh, the headline news about fiscal and monetary policy. 
and how the uh, policymakers are just uh, out, of, out of control. I think the Fed is back under control, but the fiscal authorities clearly are not. And uh, my, my uh, kind of response to that is, you know, I agree with you, but look how well this country continues to do despite the clowns in Washington. That's really the amazing thing. And what I tell people is like, you and I wake up in the morning, we go to work, and all we want to do is, is, is do good for ourselves, our families, our communities, our customers. And we do that. Yep. And we do that despite the obstacles thrown at us by Washington. That was very nicely said. Hey, here's another one that, that gets me. You know, they, they were comparing the Russell 2000 to the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. And Kathy uh, at Oakmark has, has been um, rather talkative about how the the index is because Kathy, they're Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood, yeah. yeah. How the index is because the market weighted are you know totally screwed up the whole system, and I think she's you know got a point there. But the one that I just drives me, another one that drives me nuts, I'm nuts today, is so like the Russell 2000 index. Well, first off, they come up with this Fakakta uh, uh, you know EPS uh, number because they don't count the actual companies that don't make money, the only uh, mm -hmm. EPS they use. So how can you compare that to the S&P 500 right. where all of the earnings are co compared, number one. And then number two, the other one, it was, it was a good article on this yesterday, I think, in MarketWatch, about, yeah, but we got to also have the law of large numbers when it comes to, kind of, I, I went part-time to school at Arizona State. We have an economist right. out there who came up with this idea that, you know, network effects really work. And as your as your network effect gets stronger, your customer tie-in is stronger, your profit margin goes up, and the incremental sales, particularly when you're adding different software products in there, is zero. And how can you compare economy like S&P 500 and the, the network effects with much smaller non-network effects, well, Russell 2000? Uh, yeah, that, that's why my preference is to look at the uh, S&P 600 and the S&P 400. Yeah. Uh, those, uh, you know, that, that's a far smaller... Uh, number of companies, and they do include companies that uh, are losing money. And so when you do your calculations on valuation multiples, you, you get you get actually a, a lower PE than you do with the Russell 2000. So I'm not a big fan of the Russell 2000. I, I, I'm much more of a fan of the S&P 600, uh, because I think that the, the data is uh, more easily available and more easily it, uh, you know, can, can be interpreted. Yeah. All right. So that's a segue to you, Todd. What's your yeah. what's What's your prediction for this year? Well, uh, you know, let, let me just go back to sure. the beginning of last year. I was talking about 4,600. <laughs> we got there by July of last year. And I said, you know what? I think maybe it's going to stall out for a little while. So instead, we had a 10% correction. Uh, I, I came pretty close to calling the bottom in that correction. And uh, we had, had ended up at almost 4,800. Uh, didn't quite make a new high in the in the S&P 500. Now I think we are going to make a new high this year, around 5,400. So I'm still bullish. I think the first half of the year this time could be the rough one. As you know, the bears at the beginning of last year were predicting that a recession is finally going to happen. And they were predicting that the first half would be pretty bad and that things would start to recover in the second half as the market started to discount a better economy in 2024. Well, it kind of worked out the opposite. Uh, we had a really good first half, then a kind of a difficult uh, correction from July mm -hmm. 31st, October 27th, then a melt-up rally. Um, and now I think um, we've discounted a lot. Everybody's uh, optimistic and happy, which kind of brings out the contrarian in me. You know, we're, right now the attitude, at, at least at the end of the year, was uh, uh, we have nothing to fear but uh, uh, 
fear, fear itself. And uh, my attitude right now is, oh yeah, so maybe I have to worry that we have nothing to fear, but no fear itself. No fear. Yeah, if, if so people you're, are. You're, you're the new FDR. You're well, just, I, I think I think I think sentiment is important, and I think to the extent that uh, we had a melt up uh, rally at the end of uh, last year, I think we need to digest it for a while. And so I, I do think the market's going to be kind of sideways, maybe even with a, a mini correction of five percent. Uh, but I think by the by we'll end up uh, the year in the second half with a really good uh, rally. Another Santa Claus rally that starts starts early. Okay. Wow. Well, I like That's that. the Easter Bunny rally or something. <laughs> Easter Bunny rally. There you go. I like it. Uh, all of that. So listen, let's leave it there on this block, guys, because coming back with Dr. Ed, we need to break down that 5,400 target uh, for 2024. Obviously, there's some clear challenges there, but we also want to get into we have a presidential election cycle. What's that going to mean? For the stock market but with us today we have dr ed yardeni he is with yardeni research and you can go to yardeniquicktakes.com for all of dr ed's research we just call him dr right okay Todd? yes he is absolutely don't don't, don't jinx it don't jinx don't it jinx. you know you're, you're only as good as your next call that, there you go there you go well we'll get into all that after the break so please stay with us sure Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit fuel your purpose and connect us all we believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. 
Hey there, this is Samantha LaDuke, founder of LaDukeTrading.com, and you are listening to Toby and Todd of Buy, Hold, Sell. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell. Well, this is our first episode for 2024. We're starting off on a very high note. We hope the rest of them are going to be like this. We have some big-time guests coming up over the next few weeks to kick nice off. Promo, Todd. Nice promo. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But none other big, really no one bigger than Dr. Ed Yardeni because he called it right in 2023, and he's got some great predictions for 2024. Dr. Ed, I want to get into that a little bit because you have this number that's out there, 5,400 on your target yeah. for the S&P 500. It is an election year. We're hearing a lot of people talk about rate cuts. Are you taking, how much is that being attributed mm -hmm. to your forecast? Well, it's rather independent of uh, what happens in Washington. Um, again, my, my view is uh, it's it's amazing how well the economy is done despite the politicians. And so, uh, you know, we've had uh, presidents uh, like Obama and Trump and very partisan in terms of that there were people who loved them and people who hated them. And uh, if if those people bet uh, on the, uh, put their investments uh, decisions based on the politics, they would have missed the heck of a good uh, stock market. Yeah, no Rally and uh, you know so so you really have to when you invest as much as possible try not to be political about it just kind of focus on you know what what matters to, to the to the markets uh, so I I think with regards to the uh, the election um, I'm I'm looking right through it and I see the market getting to 5400 by the end of this year for the S and P 500 and then I you didn't mention this but I'm talking about 6000 uh, by uh, 2025 so I'm very much in the roaring 2020s camp um, you know believe Next book, Doctor Udeni, is that the next book, The Roaring 2020s? Well, you know, I, I started talking about that uh, in in 2020. Yeah. Uh, that, it, that 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 might be ahead, and then all of a sudden, this inflation monster uh, occurred. Uh, I argue that it was probably going to rela largely related to the pandemic, and that would abate, and that uh, we will resume the the Roaring 2020s scenario. And, I think uh, that's worked out pretty well, certainly in the stock market. Uh, but um, again, uh, we've had some pretty controversial presidents of late. And that's not necessarily going to stop. The country's become very partisan, uh, clearly. And yet, despite all that, look at uh, look at the market. The market's up actually 50 percent. Right. Know, uh, yeah. And, and earnings wise, you, I know you always have an earnings number for the S&P. Um, what is it? And and, yeah. and how aggressive your Denny S yeah. is it? Well, I, you know, I, I have to admit uh, my numbers uh, seem far-fetched, even delusional. But uh, for, the, for 2023, I think I've come pretty right close, on. better than the yep. pessimists. I, I was using 225. It's probably going to come in something like 220, 222. It's not coming in anything like the 180 that uh, some of the pessimists were talking about. I we'll cut you a slack for three points, okay, Dr. Ed? I mean, come on. <laughs> and then uh, for next year, I got uh, $250. Uh, for this year, wow. that's, that's yeah. what happens when you cross into a new year. You forget what year you're in. <laughs> but the 250 for for this year, and then uh, 270 for uh, 225, and then 300 for 226, which is you know really what drives my optimism on the um, where, where the S and P can go. And, and that's because of the structure of the economy, the structure yeah. of the companies. Uh, absolutely, you know I, I've got this uh, this notion that uh, when you invest, you have to kind of believe. Uh, in your companies that uh, that they're all technology companies. What that means is mm -hmm. that they, they either make technology or they use technology to increase their efficiency 
and productivity. If they don't, their competitors will do that, do that and put them out of business. So I think when you when you look in the companies, you want to really look at their technology budgets. What are they actually spending on? How are they dealing with labor shortages? And uh, the ones that uh, do, do that the most effectively uh, will, will be the winners. I mean, there was a lot of talk that higher interest rates are going to cut into margins and higher labor costs are going to cut into margins. And instead, we've had a very mild uh, earnings recession, which was driven entirely uh, by uh, by the profit margin getting uh, shrinking. Right. But it wasn't a very long recession last year. Uh, and now I think profit margins have started to expand again, kind of confirming that companies are doing a really good job of uh, dealing with some of these uh, challenges of, of of cost inflation. Yeah, I, so, I, I work with a, a, a company called Blue Yahoo. And they, uh, Yonder, I'm sorry, Yahoo. And they um, uh, are using a technology for, to, to support your point. The, one of the, their distribution company, right? Technology. And uh, they brought a new technology in that is essentially sort of uh, the, the, is getting close to AI as you can get for their, for their um, warehouses. First off, they call the people on the floor pickers. I'm not quite sure, you know, they could have come up with a better name in my opinion. Yeah. But, but the people on the floor, they cut down the, they, they increased the productivity by 70%. Yeah, they cut the quit rate because that's the thing that really is costly in that business. Sure, that the people only last you know nine months to twelve months, and the ROI on that investment, a million and a half dollar investment, is something like sixty to to one dollar. Right, and that is not an outlier now. Now they've gone to yeah. all of CBS, and then what CBS does is then you know ProLogix is mm -hmm. going to blah blah blah. So I think your point's well taken. Well, look, uh, my my little company uh, couldn't do uh, what we're doing without technologies. As a matter of fact, I think one of the things that's unique ab about our company is uh, we've got this really cool uh, chart system where that uh, automatically updates the charts when the data becomes available. We don't have to do a thing, and it automatically uh, gets uploaded onto our website. So we have this uh, section called our, our Charts, which right now is open to the public. And uh, it's, you know, we, we've got the mega cap eight on there. We've got individual stocks. We just keep adding to it. And, uh, you know, it's hands-free. It's just <laughs> once we actually design the chart, the chart automatically updates. We don't have to read. I don't want to go back schedule. to the old days. But do you remember when the, the assistant to your assistant was the one who went down and got the charts? And then someone I, I was that assistant. And, yeah. and, and I remember that we had a, a, a draftsman who actually yeah. had a big board and he used tape to make uh, uh, the charts. And then when he gave it to us and uh, I had to take it across to the printer, the printer had to take a photograph of it and somehow put it into the publication. Uh, and it was a weekly publication. Now, you know, I've, I've, I've got the technology to just get out information to my accounts uh, immediately, which is why I call my product YardeniQuickTakes.com because I can give you a quick take and keep it short, not, not take too much of your time. So I, there, I just did a commercial. I'm sorry about that. There you go. No, you put no, it's the great. Taken. Todd, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. A question for you, though, is that with Yardeni Quick Takes, I am curious, your clients are, because we keep talking about the $5 trillion that's sitting in money markets. Yeah. Of your clients, they're they're clearly they're seeking guidance on the equity side from you. Mm -hmm. But are you getting any type of feedback as far as are they still contemplating whether to get in or not, or are they in? I mean, because I'm trying to get yeah. a gauge 
of, of what people are thinking that are still on the sidelines? Well, I, I think, uh, again, I'm data dependent. And I, I also like to talk to taxi drivers and people I, I, I'm, I'm in elevators with if they're not staring at their phone. Um, you, know, you get a lot of information just by talking to, to, to people. They don't have to be even people that you recognize. Just be nice and, and start a conversation. You learn a lot that way. Uh, but uh, the data is at the end of the day is what I really put a lot of weight on uh, rather than uh, an anecdotes. But if the anecdotes and the data point in the same direction, that's great. And what I see is uh, nobody's really excited about this stock market in terms of, you know, cocktail conversations or, you know, uh, relatives saying, you know, what do you think of the market here? Uh, so I think that's sort of a healthy development on a short term basis. There are, there are too many bulls in the market, but there's still a lot of people that aren't participating. A lot of people that might have listened to Wall Street's pessimists and, you know, never got the call to get back in. Uh, and those people are sitting in, in money market funds saying, hey, at least I'm getting 5%. Uh, well, yeah. soon it might be 4%. Soon it might be, you know, 3.5%. Uh, but the, they have missed out on an awfully good um, uh, bull market. Uh, I think what the market's proven once again is that unless uh, you're a day trader and know what you're doing, if, if you have a day job, uh, you really need to be a long-term investor in the market and, and focus on quality names, quality stocks. And, uh, you know, if they take a big hit uh, during a, a correction or a bear market, just grin and bear it because they come back. And when they come back, they can all look at how they, a lot of these stocks just absolutely roared uh, since the end of October. Yeah, I, I'd also add that... Uh... I, I uploaded a variety of managed accounts uh, this week. I should say people who work for me since I wouldn't trust myself to do that myself. And um, when I'm going through their, their uh, 2023 numbers, I'm, I'm saying, so you know that all that interest in your taxable account, uh, you're going to have to pay taxes on. Yeah. And, and a number of these people are from California and are very high income. So you didn't earn five percent. I'm just I just want to share that with you, okay? Yeah, that's and right. And after inflation, you got a negative return. And did right. anyone ever explain that to you? No. Yeah, that's 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 right. I mean, uh, it's it's very important. If we all have to be financially astute, we all have to have, have some education on, on the financial system and uh, and stocks and bonds and how they how they work. Um, but you don't have to be a day trader to make money. Uh, you know, the, some of them do, some of them don't. Um, but um, I'm, I, I guess I, I'm in the Warren Buffett camp, uh, the Professor Siegel camp uh, that believes that uh, you really got to hold on to stocks for, for the long term. Uh, and bonds, um, you know, with, you do have to do some, uh, some timing. Uh, it turns out that buying a 10-year bond at 0.5% back in 2020 uh, was actually a disaster. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people did jump into the market when it got close to 5%. And even a yield around here is fairly attractive, if I'm right, in that inflation isn't going to go back up. It's going to keep coming down. And with productivity making a comeback, uh, we can actually have some deflation, which isn't, uh, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, central bankers have this bizarre obsession about avoiding deflation, but deflation can be uh, related to productivity. It could be re related to an abundance of, of resources because of technology. How do you uh, respond to the issue of though onshoring and reshoring and de-Chinization and deglobalization? 
does that not, at least in the product side of the equation, add costs yeah. that, uh, that gave us deflation for 20 years? Well, it's it's all an interesting theory, but uh, the, the reality is that uh, we haven't completely deglobalized. We still do a lot of business with China, and that's been a very important insight to my work because I pointed out, you know, all the, this is the other thing that a lot of economists and strategists missed is they all concluded, well, the Fed just raised interest rates 500 basis points because uh, inflation's out of control. There's no way that the Fed's going to bring inflation down without uh, a recession. recession. And I said, well, you know what? There is a recession out there. Uh, first of all, we've had rolling recessions in the U.S., but not an economy-wide recession. But China has had a very bad recession. They've had a property bubble that burst that's bigger than anything Japan did or the United States mm -hmm. did. And they're experiencing deflation. And you know what? We still buy a lot from China, and we're importing a lot of deflation from China. So, in, wait, so goods inflation came right back down once the ports got cleared and once people decided, you know what, we don't need any more goods. Let's go traveling. Let's let's go right. doc, let's uh, let's go see a Taylor Swift concert. Let's go, you know, check our health at the doctors. And uh, as a result of that, in, inflation's come down dramatically. And um, so globalization is is uh, is certainly an, an issue, but I don't think we we can describe the current situation as deglobalization. And uh, a lot of deglobalization is simply manufacturers leaving China and going to India, Vietnam, Mexico. Mexico. And so there's still a lot of globalization. But, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, globalization was all about cheap labor, particularly in China. Sure. Uh, but nobody really has cheap labor, Not certainly not in China. Maybe India does. Uh, but there are a lot of costs involved in doing business in India, like the infrastructure is not so good. You know, getting from one street to the other could take you an hour. Uh, they're, work, they're, they're working on on all that, yeah. but uh, onshoring is a good thing for us. There's, you know, it is. There are national security issues involved there, and um, I think we're going to find that uh, the the technology is going to solve the global problem of uh, a scarcity of cheap labor. I like it. Well, this is excellent. Well, terrific guidance, Doctor Ed. As always, every time you're on the show, we. I know the audience gets a lot out of it. So how can the audience find you, Dr. Ed? Well, uh, they can go if, you know, just to keep it simple, they go to yardeni.com. And uh, there we have um, access to uh, our institutional uh, business as well as our individual investor business. So to the extent that it's individual investors, they, they might go there and, and that's where they can see quick takes. Can I get okay. a quick uh, sector? Uh, now, I know that's not your forte per se, but, yeah. but um, you know, financials versus uh, cyclicals versus you know, blah, blah. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I have liked uh, overweighting information technology, and I'd, I would still do that mm -hmm. and uh, take any opportunity of a sell-off to, to, to add to that position. Financials have looked good to me since the banking crisis. I didn't think that was going to turn into a classic credit crunch. The Fed came in in a matter of days and provided a liquidity facility that uh, stopped that from happening. Uh, and now for all the talk about, uh, you know, the Fed is still restrictive. The fact is the bond market's not restrictive. Mortgage rates are are, are down, and I think we're going to see some activity there. Uh, industrials look good from the onshoring perspective. Uh, and uh, whether you like it or not, in terms of what the Biden administration has, has done on the fiscal side, the reality is there's a lot of money being thrown at onshoring, which is uh, great for industrials. So go with the flow. I like that. Well, that's that sounds like some great advice. 
So everybody can go to Yardeni.com or YardeniQuickTakes.com. We will have those links in the description. Okay. And we'll send uh, send the audience your way, Dr. Thank A. You. And I just want to make sure we got the numbers right. 5,400 on the S&P this year, 6,000 yeah. for 2025, and then even higher possibly in 2026. Let's do it two years at a time. <laughs> your lips That's, are God's ears. Dr. I'm just trying. I'm trying to get that exclusive. That's all. <laughs> well, you know, in the roaring 2020s, we may very well have a melt up that gets us to levels that even I can't imagine. But uh, then that might set us up for for, for a decline. The way uh, you know the the pushback on the roaring 2020s I get is, uh, you know, from from naysayers is yeah, but look how badly it ended. Well, we we still have some time, and we'll discuss that possibility along the way. I'm, I'm not denying that things can go wrong. I've been, yeah. in the near term, I'm very concerned about what's going on in the Middle East and how that's becoming a, a regional war. I am very concerned about the debt and the deficit, but I'm pointing out that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that's going to uh, cause a calamity immediately, but it is a, certainly a concern. So I'm, you know, the, the pessimists, I have to give them credit. They do a great job of telling us what can go wrong. And I follow them very closely. And Try to provide some balance. That's all I can. Yeah. Do. Well, look at as long as we have roaring twenties without prohibition, <laughs> I'm in. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely, I have to agree with that statement. Well, that's a great way to end the show. So, Dr. Ed, <laughs> thanks again for joining us on Buy Wholesale. We cannot wait to have you back My to follow up on this discussion. Thank you very much. Sure. Absolutely. And on behalf of Tobin Smith and Dr. Ed Yardeni, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thank you once again for joining us on Buy, Hope, Sell. We'll catch you tomorrow on Jobs Day. Take care. Buy, Hold, Sell brought to you by Crosscheck Management. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction. That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.